Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today, we have Kyle Seiboff here today. He runs a team. He's in real estate, and he's making it happen. Kyle, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, yes, definitely out here uh, producing on a regular basis and trying to produce on a super high level. Excellent. So uh, I was looking at my notes. So tell me how many transactions you did uh, in 2020. Uh, 2020, I did four. 492. Now, just to be clear, that is not as a team. That is me individually. There is no other other folks that are, um, there are no other folks that produce. It's just me. Wow. That's like rock star status. So yeah. what's your support team like to help you kind of achieve that? So we have um, two administrative assistants. I have four transaction coordinators. I have two runners that help kind of run around and do things for me. Um, I have one scheduler that helps with my buyer appointments and I have one inside salesperson. So let's talk about the scheduler because that's actually the bane of a lot of people's existence in real estate and beyond. So tell me how they work. Do they get leads coming in or do they generate leads? No, scheduler does none of the above. The scheduler literally works with our current buyers, our current sellers, our current listing appointments, and basically schedules everything. So it takes my schedule from beginning of day to end of day and just schedules it my entire day. Brilliant. So tell me, how do you get uh, leads coming in? How do you uh, start relationships with clients? So we have lead gen in multiple different facets. Um, we pay, we have paper leads, right? So we have leads that we pay for the Zillow's, the realtor.com's, the, you know, the op city, that sort of stuff. Um, then we have some of our social media planning pages that we're doing on a regular basis. And then finally, a lot of our business comes from referrals, past clients, or folks that uh, hear about us via branding. Brilliant. So a lot of people have relationships with you. And so how do you slice your time up so you actually give them the attention they need so it's not just a known uh, entity helping them, it's you personally? Yeah, I mean, I think I really do a nice job focusing on income-producing activities and utilizing my time on activities that will produce future revenue for myself and the overall brokerage um, on, on a side note. So it's really a, a, you know, if it's something that's not going to drive revenue or that top line, I typically don't get involved in it. So a good example of that is like you're living your truth is that we had a little bit of uh, technical issues starting this podcast. And rather than try and figure it out, you were working on your phone and you went to do important stuff while the technical folks were figuring it out. Whereas most people would actually sit here and watch the technical person or struggle. So how do you get so disciplined to kind of stay in the zone? So I understand that to produce at a high level, you have to delegate certain things that you're not good at um, and also delegate certain things that will allow you 
um, to increase your production by utilizing your time where it's necessary. So I'm not the tech guy, right? So I'm not going to sit here and try to pretend like I understand how to get this set up. My time needs to be utilized on any of the clients that's been texting me or calling me or, or whatever so that I'm getting back to them. So is this like, have you always been like this or is this something that you came to an epiphany and you went, wait a minute, I need to stop wasting time. I need to focus on what's most important. Um, I think it's basically transpired over time and grown over time, but I think it was since we started. So I've been in this business 10 years and I really haven't touched any of the administrative or task-based task based things within real estate. So it's, it's definitely progressed over time. What's kind of interesting is when I talk to, because I speak to a lot of leaders in real estate, and one of the things they recommend is for younger agents, you know, as soon as you can start hiring people to help you do that. And I think what they're really thinking is, you know, be in the industry for six months, a year, and then hire the people you need. But you didn't do that. As soon as you came in, you realized that, you know, hey, I need to focus on money producing, client facing activities. So other sales before you came here, what got you to kind no, of start right off the gate? So I was not in sales when I came here. I think I did it out of necessity and the necessity being that I had another job at the time. So I had to delegate things that I couldn't do because of time purposes, right? Time constraints. It allowed me to then go ahead and move forward and say, okay, I can't do this, but I can do that. If I'm going to leave my job during this time period, it only can be for me to go do something with a buyer or seller. So what's interesting, I love language. Language is like so exacting. And oftentimes we just kind of gloss over it. Like uh, recreation is like, oh, that sounds nice. But really, if you look at the word as recreation, it's having that downtime that allows you to just show up more powerfully when you get rejuvenated and you get new ideas. So how do you find time to look after yourself and to kind of regenerate and recreate? Good question. Um I have an inner being, I guess you would say, or an inner mm-hmm. mentality that just pushes me to be. Basically, there, there's a, there's a, I, I, let's, there's a mindset, there's a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset that kind of right. work together to push me to say every day I have to perform at a super high level. Right? I cannot take, I cannot waste, I cannot take any time and utilize it on frivolous things. I have to utilize my time on things that are going to only allow me to improve. And I think that's like an inner, almost like an inner mantra. And that allows me to get to that, you know, to, to operate at that level because I don't waste time. I don't believe in that. Right. So there's a, so like everything in the world, like a good example is, you know, uh, a knife in the hand of a mugger, very bad. The knife in the hand of a surgeon can save a life. Mm-hmm. So this drive you have certainly has a lot of positive benefits, like you're doing like almost 500 transactions a year, which is like superhuman. Mm-hmm. But there's probably also a negative side to it as well. Is there a negative side? And if there is, how do you kind of keep a handle on it? Yeah, the negative side is that your definition of recreation or regeneration or, or, or refocus comes on the back burner. Right. right. So I don't give myself because I don't waste any time. I also don't allow myself the time necessary to focus on big picture, big ideas and getting to that seagull. Right. So everybody talks about their seagull right. um, and having that, you know, that 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 big, big goal they're shooting towards. But I don't I don't allow myself the time needed there and I don't allow myself enough time 
to think on the business versus in the business, right? right? So it's it's working now on saying, okay, you're 10 years in, you've accomplished whatever, um, you know, sold this year, I'll do over 550 properties um, on my own, but what's the next step, right? So what's the next step of that? And how does, how do you progress yourself and allow yourself to have the time and get the routines and, and get to that big picture thinking? So for me, it coincides with my age. So I'm 39, I'll be, I'm 39, I'll be 40. And I looked at it and said, Hey, I had a decent run for the last first 40 years. Let's make the next 10 great. So how can I make, so next year, really for me, this year going into being 40 is like, how can I really put myself in a position to get to a level that I never thought was even possible? Right. And so here's my two cents worth on it is that every single human being on planet Earth has a purpose in life and too few of us actually uncover it. And I think part of your next journey will be is really uncovering why you were put here on planet Earth and then realigning your business towards that. And that way you can pick that seagull, what you want to create in alignment with who you are. And most people, well, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's funny that you say that because I almost get bored with it. Um, mm-hmm. in the sense that, you know, yes, I love to sell. Yes. I love to generate income. Yes. I love to make millions of dollars. All that stuff is awesome. Uh, I love to have passive income. I love to have that going on. But to your question on your purpose, I don't know if real estate was my purpose, right? It may be a means to an end. I've had, um, I've definitely had aspirations recently and to get into, potentially being governor of Rhode Island and then, and then move towards the president. And to right. be honest, that's kind of where, I don't know why, but it has a little bit of, there's a little bit of desire there that's, that's greater than anything else I'm doing right now. And nice. um, as crazy, as crazy as that sound, I, I think it's a little, it's, it's definitely making an impact, but I think it's for me, um, next step, next journey, next, next passion. Yeah. When you uncover your purpose, what it'll allow you to do is to align these goals with who you are. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, no matter how pretty you are, how challenged you are, how awesome you are, when we show up as our truest versions of ourselves, there's power there, there's magic there. And when we try and become somebody we think that endeavor needs, that's where we get lost. And I think part of the journey of a leader is very much uncovering deeply who you are, because we have three faces. We have this one face for most of us that we show the outside world. Either it's, look at me, I'm pretty and smart, or look at me, I'm damaged and a victim. Then we have this sense of who we are, and then we have the authentic person that we are. And I think that's part of the journey as a leader is to figure out who you truly deeply are. That way you don't have any of the, the stuff that you have to, you just portray yourself. When you know what your purpose is, both of those things come to give you massive energy and a solid foundation to get shit done. Yeah, and I think ninety nine point nine percent of people never find it. Absolutely, and uh, that's been my <laughs> mission in life has been very much to help people uncover that because I think we get caught up in life and who we are supposed to be rather than who we actually are. I think you get caught up too in who people want you to be. Right. Absolutely. It starts. It starts with your parents. Then it goes to your siblings. Then it goes to your friends. Then it goes to your spouse. Then it goes to you know. And I think a lot of us follow a path where. We never make a change out of that that path, and we allow them to basically figure, basically tell us who we are, and then we just yep. become who they tell us who we are, and it makes them happy. But does that really make you? Is that really where you want to be? 
And I think that's the part where a lot of people never really get out of that that mindset and they get stuck and they can't get out of it and they, they are who they're their quote-unquote loved ones want them to be. So I'm excited because I think it's, it's definitely going to be an interesting journey. I'd mm-hmm. love to figure out how I'm going to find what it truly is that I'm supposed to do. Or maybe it is this. I don't know. Um, I definitely have a passion for being at the top of whatever it is I'm doing. Nice. That's that's a real important factor for me. Brilliant. Because I think that's uh, that's really important. I'll, t- I'll tell you a story. I was dating this woman in... Uh, in Canada, and she was telling me about her brother, who is uh, a surgeon, and he has this cute blonde wife, and he's got two kids, and he lives in this house. And she was telling me when he was four, he announced to the family, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to have a blonde wife, I'm going to have two kids. And somehow, this four-year-old knew exactly what he wanted, and he ended up building it, which is like uh, astounding. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, that's part of the universe, right? I mean, end yeah. of the day, that's, that's part of the universe, and kind of welcoming things in and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, that that's, you know, that's, that's how things work. And I think that's, that really just came to light for me in the last two or three years. I was yep. not really a believer in that. I didn't really understand it and started to understand it. Now I follow, um, a lot of Bob Proctor stuff. Yes. And you know, I'm in a couple of mass, I'm in a mastermind with a group of like-minded individuals, which has helped me out a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm again, really just learning as I go, I know I can sell. I know I can produce. Uh, I know where I'm at. It's it's what's next. And you're driven to be number one, whatever you choose to do. And Correct. just figure out. And I think the first step of it is what you're doing right now is to just be open to it. And because people hold on to their reality with a death grip, and mm-hmm. what you're doing is saying, "Hey, I'm open to whatever this is," and that's a, a great place to be. And I'll just add one more thing to it: the comment you made about family wanting us to be X or Y. Just picture this for a moment. You've got this abusive dad, gets drunk, beats up his wife. He's got three kids. The youngest is a five-year-old girl. And oftentimes that five-year-old girl will become the protector where she'll get in between her mom and her dad. And then that's the role she takes on for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. Like she'll be there helping anybody that needs help. So sometimes we get, either we find ourselves in that role or we get put in that role. And then we just, that's how we define ourselves as well. So not only do we make the family happy, then we take that persona on and we live that. And I think we need to, the best journey of all is the journey that discovers who we are. So as you build this business, many people in your position would have built a team. Mm -hmm. So why didn't you build a team and what made you stay a solo practitioner? I didn't build a team because I was on a mission to be the top agent in the country. That was my mission was to be the number one guy because the way I looked at it was with that came a lot of other things, right? It came credibility. It came validity. It came the ability if I wanted to get into coaching, which I do now, it allowed me to do that because I had the stats behind me. Um, It allowed me to to grow a brokerage and bring other like-minded folks into the business and help them increase and get to their real estate goals. So it was super important for me to not just be a team, a team in the sense that I don't really do anything. I just pass everything off where I'm actually, these clients are mine. Like they're important to me. Brilliant. And so in your personal life, what's that looking like? Like uh, Um, kids, dogs, cats? Two kids, um, eight and six. Um, I have, I just sold my primary residence, moved into a rental, building a house now, um, which I'm excited about. Do have a girlfriend now, um, was married 
divorced from her. Kids are great now. They're fine. Went through a lot of stuff to get that kind of situated. As you know, that's that's not an easy situation. Right. Um, of course. But we get along really well now. My new girlfriend's awesome. She's excellent. She's supportive. She gets it. Um, and it puts me in a different... I think the other thing there in the last two or three years is it's allowed me to be in a different headspace um, nice. away from a negative, unsupportive, like combative place to more of a supportive, um, helpful, you know, unselfish place on both ends. Brilliant. So I see the picture on your desk. That must be your two kids. Yeah, those are my two kids. Yep. So the nice thing with them is I spent a ton of time with them now. I coach nice. all their basketball teams, three basketball teams, um, four or five practices a week. I coach softball. I coach soccer. Take them to school four days a week. Uh, have them all the time. So it actually woke me up to change that schedule to be around more. Years one Brilliant. through five, I was working 24 hours a day. I still work a lot. I just work around their schedule. Brilliant. And we talked about recreation, and I suspect the time you spend with your kids is recreating. It's, yes. uh just lets you kind of rejuvenate. Yeah. So as you look back on your career, uh, was it like 10 years you were saying? 10 years, yep. As you look back at the 10 years, uh, tell me uh, two things. First, a mishap that you learned from and what, what lesson you took away from that. And then maybe uh, a win and what lesson you took away from that. So let's take a look at the mishap first. Uh, the mishap was not being able to enjoy any part of life by not hiring fast enough. Right. Hiring enough people fast enough. So... I so I what I would what I mean by that is at the at the end of the day we had a lot of people we had a lot of transactions but not a lot of staffing and that right. caused a huge rift in my past relationship because there was a lot of stress there that was unnecessary and and and, and not being able to hire was something that she didn't want to do because she was against it but it really impacted everything around me now I'm able to hire more yes uh, profits a little less, but at the end of the day, mentality is better. Uh, life is better. That that whole thing. And I think the customer experience is probably much better as well. It is better-ish. And what Ish. I mean by that, better-ish is that when you hire, you have periods of time when there's training. And when you train yeah. people, there's going to be lapses. And I've been through a lot of different peak turnover in this current market with employees, which are hard to find. Right. I'm at a very good situation now, um, but again, there was periods where it was like, geez, this person just quit. Now we got to find someone else. Ah, for sure. So tell me about a win and what you learned from the win. I think the win um, is twofold. Is number one, taking the sales and the accomplishments there and transitioning that into opening a brokerage of 185 agents and nice. then also starting a coaching program from scratch which is compensation from uh, Century 21 agents throughout the country. So it's oh, those brilliant. two things and allowing me to still give back in a, in a profession that I really enjoy. Brilliant. Carl, before we part company, uh, what's a mind hack, something you use to be more productive or happier or more efficient that you'd like to share? So I think two, two little things there. Um, I think one is winners win. And I always tell myself that every day, winners win. You could be a winner or a loser, but if you're going to be a winner, you got to go out there and win, right? And try to do your best. But number two is that, and I have to remind myself this all the time, is that if you think you aren't going to have problems, 
that's your biggest problem. When right. you grow and you try to succeed at a high level, there's going to be problems every day. The people who make the most money can solve the most problems. And I think at the end of the day, that to me is important to understand. By solving problems, you're, you're helping facilitate something that's going to help generate revenue. Brilliant. So is there a book you would recommend that people read? I haven't. I don't really read. Okay. I don't have the. I have ADD to the fiftieth millionth power, so I don't have. I can't sit down and read. I follow uh, this guy Brad Lee to a T. Every time he posts a video, I watch it, I dissect it, I understand it, and nice. it resonates with me. And you're going to send me a link to his videos, and we'll put it in the show notes. Kyle, thank you so much for being on the show. Your inspiration, and uh, let me tell you, the number one thing I took away is when you're at the top of your field. What true leaders do is they're always learning and figuring out what's next. Mm -hmm. And so uh, thanks for sharing that. No problem. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. And hopefully that was helpful to all our listeners. Brilliant. Thank you, sir. Have a wonderful day. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming and that is the fastest way to get better results. 